0: Welcome to the Augusta Golf Show podcast. Now, here's John Patrick. Martin Davis's 39th book is Arnold Palmer, American Hero. Book is going to be available soon, and we will get into all of that in our conversation. It is a pleasure to welcome Martin Davis back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Martin?
1: I'm just fine. Thanks for having me, John.
0: Thanks for doing this. Why? Why now? Why Arnold?
1: You know, I, I, I've been fortunate that I've done a few large coffee table books on Ben Hogan and then on Bobby Jones and Byron Nelson and Jack, and then the, uh, a huge one on the, on the Ryder Cup. Um, and I knew we were missing Arnold, and, and in more than one way. And uh, it was about time. I mean, he, he passed away. I don't know. It's it's uh, six it, years ago. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody loved Arnold, you know, including me.
0: How long does something like this take to, to get done?
1: Um, it takes, oh, this one was about three and a half or four years from the time you started. Um, and then it, 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 it's sort of organic because it just grows. Um, uh, the way I do books is very different than a lot of the Big New York publishers, um, where they have sort of a, a fixity of number of pages and what they're going to do, and number of photos. Um, I just kind of let it go and take it where it, it will. And we we find the excuse me the the damnedest things. <laughs> that we really do.
0: <laughs> what what what's the most difficult part of this whole process? Doing this a book like
1: this. Um, you know, the, I hate to say this. There's nothing. Difficult. It's a pure joy in doing it, Um, but this one was particularly difficult, more so than normal, because this book has 650, maybe 700 photos, many never before published. Um, And one of the joys is is finding those photos. Um, I knew where a number of them were, uh, but during COVID, for you know a two year period. Uh, we couldn't get at a lot of them. A lot of people didn't have them online or have them scanned, and then people weren't going into their offices, so that that made this one more difficult. And uh, we had expected to come out with this a little bit earlier.
0: How did you um? How did you come up with the title American Hero?
1: You know, th- those things. Uh, you know, John. It just th- the more I kept reflecting on Arnold. And that I, it just it just seems so appropriate, and he really is. Um, and the funny thing is, is you know I, how I have these books set up with essays up front on the big personalities in golf, and then the game day stories in the back two thirds of the book with big pictures and what happened in big events, win or lose, or big events in their lives. Um, it, it was. Um, with the Arnold book, usually we have four or five of those essays up front with an introduction or two. I mean, this book, uh, the um, I guess the forewords are by uh, Doc Giffen, who was Arnold's uh, right-hand man for over 50 years, and uh, and Gary Player. Um, and we'd start, usually we, then we have about four or five essays on different aspects of their life. And the funny thing about this book was, Every time we'd start investigating one thing, in other words, we'd look under a rock and say, "Geez, we want to do that." We'd find two more rocks. So I don't know. there's fifteen, sixteen, seventeen essays up front. And the essays are like long magazine articles. And it's some of the the very best writers in in golf um, that uh, participate yeah, that are that are friends of good friends of mine and yours as well. Mm-hmm.
0: We are talking with Martin Davis here on the Augusta Golf Show. Um, it's been six years since he's passed, and and you spent time with him. It's like he spent time with everybody, but he couldn't have spent time with everybody. But you did get to do that. When you think back to Arnold, what do you remember the most about being with him?
1: You know, that's a great question. It it, it, it was really the, the personal connection that he would have with everyone that he knew, not hugely well but he had this he came across with, as a real person this this personality um that he just wanted to be uh, your friend um and what was interesting about the book with the with the title american hero um, um peter jacobson who wrote one of the pieces and uh, nancy lopez and kelly tillman uh, also wrote pieces and and I, I think Charlie Meacham wrote, wrote. They all referred to him as their hero, and they didn't know the title of the book. So I think it's sort of a wide, widely thought of and, and appreciated uh, 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 honor for Arnold. I mean, and people think of him in that way.
0: You know, it's funny you've referred to him this way. A lot of people are a lot of people are familiar with his accomplishments on the golf course and, and many are familiar with his accomplishments off the golf course but most people would call him arnie but his close friends called him arnold didn't they
1: yeah, they did uh, they they they, they uh, uh really did and it was just it was just um you know this i mean it being around him even if it was on a on a one on one or in a group setting or even a large group saying there was a certain electricity in the air uh, uh, with Arnold. Um, You know, he, he, um, he did so much um, and he, he may be uh, considered uh, the most important figure we've had in golf. Certainly, certainly in the last 50 or 60 years um, um, in, in, in growing the game and building the game and have, having, you know, his personal values that he grew up with um, that he would would talk to other people about. I mean, he was notorious and notorious in a good way for talking to the other, especially younger uh, golf professionals about how to how to how to act, how to comport themselves. Um, and quite honestly, we we miss that now. There isn't a. Uh, uh, a major figure that's, that's done that uh, in, in all due respect to Jack. But I mean, that was, was Arnold's role. Um, you know, he was, he was, he was everybody's guy.
0: He would always tell the young pros, sign your name. So someone can
1: read yep. it. Yeah. He said, take your time, hmm. you know, uh, would uh, do that. There, there was a funny thing I saw this morning on the internet with, um, somebody had a, a fast speed up of Ian Poulter signing a lot of, Pages. It was it was very funny. You know his his and it's exactly what Arnold wouldn't do. <laughs>
0: um,
1: you know, and he he would instruct everyone to do that. Um, he, he he had this wonderful way of giving of himself, um, and I mean I was the uh, recipient of it on, on a number of occasions, but one in particular was this. As I think you know about, yeah, I think you know well about this. Is this. Uh, uh, scholarship we started under Dave Marr's name, who was a good friend of Arnold's at, at uh, the Graduate School of Journalism at Columbia in New York. The, it's the best journalism school in the, in the world. And um, Arnold just, uh, we had three outings to fund it over about 10 years, and uh, it's an endowed scholarship now. And some of the best young writers in, in golf today, believe it or not, have been recipients of that. And Arnold just gave of himself a um, the last outing was, I think, in 2014, and I called uh, Doc up uh, and Arnold, and I said, uh, "We're having the, this uh, another outing. Can you can you make it?" And he said, "Well, my uh, my game's not for display anymore." Yeah. And then quickly, I, mean, I think he could hear hear my heart sink. He quickly said. But I'll come for lunch, and that's all anybody wanted. I mean, it was it was one of the great days.
0: How do you describe the size of your books?
1: Um, <laughs> um, th- this book runs um, three hundred and seventy-two pages, mm-hmm. and it's eleven by fourteen, mm-hmm. and it weighs about eight pounds. So it's it's a long read, and it it's like having a fifty-pound box of of Godiva chocolate. Um, you can't eat it all at once. You know, it's meant to be savored over a, a long period of time. But I always joke. I said, if you get tired reading, um, you can always work out with it <laughs> because it's a big book, a lot of gate folds. Um, you've seen them. Um, uh, Brad Faxon did an analysis of Arnold's. Um, I guess we can call it quite contorted uh, putting stroke, um, which is a, a fold out uh, to I guess to almost four feet. Uh, and Jimmy McLean um, did an analysis of uh, his full swing. Um, one other person, I, I mean, I could mention a lot of people that were involved, but one in particular is just, uh, in my opinion, and he's a good friend of ours, but uh, probably the best pure golf writer over the last, or journalist over the last, I don't know, 40 years is uh, Jaime Diaz. And his piece is just uh, spectacular.
0: Let's let's talk a little bit about some of the things in the book, an enormous amount of material. Let's touch on a couple of things that the listener might not know about. Um, Just about everybody knows about things about Arnold, about his popularity, about the marketing in which he was involved. And I don't want to give away too many stories in the book, but you tell a story uh, that 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 talks about Arnold and Howdy Doody.
1: Um <laughs> I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna bring that up. Um, that ran as a um, uh, a sidebar in um, his the bio article that Marino Parasenzo from Pittsburgh did. Um, Um, And that story, uh, I'm positive, has never been told in golf circles. Um, The the man involved was a fellow by the name of Martin Stone, who was as old as my father. And he was a very good friend of my family. Turns out Martin wasn't a golfer, Uh, a very, very interesting man. Uh, Before World War II, he had graduated. He just had graduated when the war started from Yale uh, Law School and joined the Navy. And uh, his background was just, you know, it's another, like Arnold's life, was another American dream. Um, And he ended up uh, um, in in the White House during the war writing (laughs) Lend-Lease with the Russians. (laughs) And, um, you know, as as a young lawyer. Uh, After the war, he ended up, oh, five or six years later, still as a relatively, uh, as a young man, um, as a partner at Investment Banking House Lehman Brothers. Uh, And then he got involved in early television. And the early television that he he produced and owned was Howdy Doody, which was the puppet, the marionette that most people know about. Now, fast forward to uh, early 1960s. It's probably, and Martin told me the story, um, and I know it it just didn't get out to golf circles. Um, And it was very funny. He got a call one day, actually from another Yale lawyer, uh, Mark McCormick. Uh, much later than Martin, but, um, and McCormick said, I understand uh, you've done some merchandising with your characters from your show. And, uh, he said, yeah, he said, could I come in and see you with my client into New York? And, you know, they were Cleveland based. So Martin said, sure. And, and he, and then McCormick shows up with, um, Arnold mm-hmm. and what, What uh, Martin had done was to merchandise Howdy Doody uh, was to put his image on those little tin uh, lunch boxes that I'm not embarrassed to say. I had one as a kid. You know, that was the big popular thing. And you'd carry your lunch to school when you were in the second, third, fourth grade. So McCormick asked him, how do you do this? And what's this all about? It actually had started years before with with um, Mickey Mouse and Disney, but Martin took it to another level. So he explained it. So the sidebar says, and it has a picture of Howdy Doody on the lunchbox. And then the other photo in the sidebar, as you know, is a picture of Arnold on the Arizona iced tea with the drink that he gave. And, you know, Arnold was on a lot of products. Mm -hmm. But it really kind of started, there was this connection with Howdy Doody and How Do You Do It?, (laughs) And uh, uh, they sold a lot of lunch boxes, and they have sold a lot of ice they sold a lot more ice tea than they sold the lunch boxes. but uh, uh, it's kind of a a funny connection and a funny story.
0: Let's um spend a couple of minutes talking about the major championships. and of course we we start with the masters. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that Arnold won the masters four times fifty eight, sixty, sixty two, sixty four. But mm-hmm. you bring out in the book, that, that kind of led to a a, a a series of events over an eight year span, didn't it?
1: Oh, it sure did. Um, actually you know I, I, I you know you can always do the discussion about would have been could have been if he did this and that and it came so close. Uh, but Arnold legitimately should have won in 59 when Art all won. And he should have won again in 61 when he uh, double bogeyed 18 to lose by one uh, after a perfect drive uh, to Gary Player. Um, It was um, uh, um, for eight consecutive years, Arnold was involved. And, you know, you've seen the pictures in the book. We run it across the bottom. Arnold was involved in every green jacket ceremony for eight years, 50, 81. So he gets the jacket. Fifty nine, he puts the jacket on Art Wall. Um, uh, sixty, Art Wall puts the jacket on Arnold. Sixty one, Arnold puts the jacket on Gary. Sixty two, um, Arnold, um, uh, uh, you know, has the jacket put on him. Uh, sixty three is Jack. Um, and Arnold puts the jacket on him, and then sixty four, Jack puts it back on Arnold, and then of course, um, uh, in sixty five, uh, when when Jack just splits the course. Um, Arnold uh, put put the jacket on him, hmm. so he was involved in eight. And that's never going to happen again. I think I'm. Uh,
0: I, I think, think you're, right. Fair to say you're right. That's never going to happen again. Um, U.S. Open. He won one U.S. Open, famously Cherry Hills mm. Classic. Arnold charge, and I don't. I don't want you to have to do the math here, but in the book, you make a case that he played in the national championship, arguably arguably, just as well or maybe better than he played in the Masters. You don't have to get into the raw numbers, but but you do make that case.
1: Um, I, I did a, I did my, my, one of my essays up front was on where did Arnold play his best golf. Um, of, you know, at the end of the day, because he won four times at the Masters and came so close a couple of other times, and he really dominated the 60s, uh, at the Masters, uh, and, you know, in the very late 50s, um, he, he um, it, it was, it was um, uh, everybody points to the Masters is where he played his best golf. But when you look at the numbers, and we go through all of that in the book and calculate w- what it was, uh, Arnold, I mean, the heartbreak with Arnold, and it just showed his humanity when you look at some of the pictures of the, the anguish um, um, you know, losing to, to Nicholas in '62 in, in, the, in the playoff at Oakmont, and in '63 to Burroughs at the, the Country Club, and then you know the, the biggest one of all was '66, which would have broken any mortal man was to Casper um, at at, uh, at San Francisco at Olympic. Um, I mean, it was it was. Um, but when you look at the numbers, his total scoring, it was just a hair off. Uh, over the 21 years, the heart of his career, um, a little bit, just a hair higher at the Open, and you can make the case that that you know, I, I, and I think a lot of us would agree um, that it's it's easier to win the Masters than it is the Open. It's certainly not easy to win, but because of the smaller field and because of the invitational nature of the past champions and, and you know, in the amateurs, especially in Arnold's day, I mean, they had up to 20 amateurs, playing, 1920 amateurs playing uh, in a field that was, you know, a hundred, 80 players. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was a uh, uh, very different. So you can say that Arnold, you can make the argument that he played better uh, in the open. However, you know, the, the idea is to win and win major championships. And he did more of that at, at Augusta than he did uh, at the Open. I mean, you can even go to 1972. You know, we all all associate 72, the Open at Pebble Beach, with Jack's win when he hit that one iron on the 71st hole and he hit uh, at that huge uh, uh, part three going out towards the ocean, uh, hit hit the flag stick, Everybody said, "Oh, that was Jack's Open." Well, Arnold was right there the final nine holes. I mean, he was he was so close in so many. Uh, Event, So uh, you you have to, it's kind of an interesting exercise.
0: And if that's not enough, he's also credited with salvaging, saving what was the British Open, the Open Championship.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, you you have to go back to after the war. Um, uh, Sam Snead had some sort of a commitment. Uh, It was a corporate commitment from one of his sponsors in 1946 Uh, right after the war, to play in uh, the Open Championship. And it was at St. Andrews, appropriately, you know, after the war. And the funny story was that Sam pulled into the train station at St. Andrews, and he looks out the window. You know how the train tracks run through the courses or parallel to the courses? And Sam looks out the window. I guess he was asleep. And he kind of says to no one in particular— um, boy, that looks like an old abandoned golf course, run-down golf course. And there was some old Scott sitting there and just chewed him out, saying, "My man, I'll tell you, that's that's the old course, that's the mother." Um, and Snead won that. He he won he won that, and and um, his winnings didn't cover his expenses in going to the tournament. So by 1960, um, it, it's when Arnold. Arnold really became Arnold in 1960, the Arnold that we know. I mean, we'd like to go back to 58, but he he was not expected to be the next great player picking up the mantle of Hogan uh, in in the late 50s, although he had won the U.S. Amateur in in 56. Um, So in 1960, he wins um, uh, the Masters by birdieing the last two holes to win by one over Venturi again, uh, I mean he had aced him in fifty eight. but that was one of his very first charges. And then of course, the the being, I guess it was seven back at Cherry Hills in the u s Open. And then uh, old Bob Drum came up with the idea of Arnold, you know, Jones had the the grand slamming that included the two national amateur championships as well as the two opens. He said you could win, and this was really where the concept of the professional majors started and the professional slam. You could do that. So he went over, and since Arnold was, he was clearly the leader and beloved in the country. Um, it, it it, and he finished second, um, as I recall, by one stroke um, in in that open. Um, but it really revitalized uh you know the oldest championship there was, and then of course he won the next two years in sixty one and sixty two so uh the the, the british open um, is is really because uh, uh the the status that it has today among you know the top couple of court, uh, of tournaments is is because of arnold
0: and then he never wins the pga did that nope. stick in his craw
1: Oh boy, did that <laughs> that really bothered him, uh, and the reason it bothered him—not that it was the necessarily the the fourth major that he never won—and that was the 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 hole in his resume. It was because he wanted to win it. One of the themes in Arnold's life was that he was always looking for his father's approval. Now I, I'm not a psychologist, but I've read enough of other people talking about this that it's a very plausible concept. He was always trying to get his father's approval. Um, and it it was the one thing he wanted to win it for his father. Um, and he never did. He came close two or three times. Um, he did win, um, the senior PGA championship when he was a senior. And he, he had sort of this melancholy statement saying, well, at least it says PGA on it.
0: Hmm. Um, couple of questions here in the time we have left. These days, popularity explodes because of social media. Nobody nobody bigger than Tiger. But if you're not old enough, back in the day, without the technology of social media, you can make the case, I think easily, that around the world, Arnold was just as popular then as Tiger is today.
1: Um, um, Probably more so. Um, You you have to remember, Arnold came along. Uh, you know, it took us a while to get over the depression and the war. You know it was you can make the argument, I think plausibly, that it was World War II that got us out of the depression finally, because of the massive mobilization. But after the war, you know, we had Ike as president in 52 and then um, then one of Ike's big big achievements was building the interstate um, highway system. and and the country really started to recover after the war financially. So people had more money to travel and for leisure and they could get in the car and get to places. Um, So it was in in this cauldron that there was this incredible mixture of this young, attractive um, athlete. And Arnold was certainly an athlete. I mean, you you look at his golf swing, it was not pretty like Snead's or or technically perfect like Hogan's, um, but uh, um, who Pulled himself up by his bootstraps in the, in the best uh, Horatio Alger uh, tradition and um, uh, won at Augusta, became friendly with Ike, and then all of a sudden, guess what happened? It was television came on, and in the late 50s, they started broadcasting it on, on television. So it was within this melu, this, this combination of things that were happening um that that it, it was this it was this toxic uh, it toxic in a in a very positive sense sense mixture um i mean if we they had had the internet then i mean i'm not sure they would have would have heard as much about tiger as as we know today
0: in all of this and you knew him did you learn anything about mm-hmm. him doing this book
1: oh you know the more i hear people tell stories i mean i I hear about more kindnesses and I, it's different from the other people that we've done books on Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson and Jack and, and Bobby Jones. Um, Arnold was great in a different way, although he won 62 you know, times on the tour and all those major championships in, in, in just incredible ways. But it was the kindness and the personality that, he really sold golf. He sold it to the American public. Um, and he had a great time doing it. And, John, we had a great time being part of it, yeah. even though it was later in our lives that, you know, we could hear about, you know, the, the 58 and the 60 masters uh, that we made, you know, that I saw on television, little black and white set.
0: In a positive way, and you alluded to something like this a little bit earlier in our conversation, and I mean this in a positive way, nobody loved being Arnold more than Arnold.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Um, um, There's a story about Winnie was at a bar someplace talking to someone with Arnold, and Arnold was at the end of the bar, and she remarked to the person that she was with, because there was nobody around Arnold, and she said, look how lonely he looks. He needs people. And, uh, uh people it. Arnold.
0: Are, are the Arnold stories endless?
1: Yeah. I, I, and I think, you know, a, a lot of the stories in golf, especially the, the Ben Hogan stories, a lot of them were embellished and made up uh, a, a bunch of them. I happen to know about that, having done a couple of books and TV things on him and, and a little bit of radio. Um, um, The Arnold stories are, by and large, you know, true. I mean, they're, they're, you know, was he perfect? No, nobody is. But, you know, he, he just represented that American ideal of of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, making something of yourself, and working hard, and being a good guy, and and that was, uh, that was Arnold.
0: I alluded in the beginning of our conversation that the book was not out yet. Um, it's going to make a great Christmas gift, holiday gift. Uh, What can you say about when someone might be able to to get this book and and how they might be able to get it?
1: Um, We're expecting that the book will be – we we print the book, believe it or not, um, uh, in Italy. They're they're the best um, art book printers in the world, and these are really art books with the quality of the paper and the reproduction and – you know, color separating the black and without getting into all the technicalities, color separating the black and whites for the ultimate infidelity, uh, you know, without enhancing anything, uh, but just pulling out of what's, what's there. Um, so w- we expect back books back in end of October, beginning of November. And uh, we're just working on setting it up for, uh, for Amazon will probably be the prime uh, place.
0: Okay. Uh, I know from the sidelines how much love energy effort care you put in to all of your books but i is this, mm-hmm. did is this did this one take you the longest
1: no, no the the one that took the longest because it's just it, it was the complete history of the writer okay right. and it had all the essays too but this this was second and you know, every time I do a book, I, I hate to say, this, I, mean, I probably should say, you know, this was the one I liked the best, when, but whenever I do a book, the one that I'm doing at the time is my favorite. And I, I guess at one point or another, I'll look back and say, okay, which one, if I can pick one, was really the favorite. But I, I mean, I just, I, I just reveled in the, the stories that people would tell me and, and uh, the things that people would find out and, you know, that that, that I never knew about. Um and Arnold was the same with me as with his, from what I gathered with, with his best friends, like Peter Jacobson, you know, he played in what was it? 40 of those annual mm-hmm. tournaments that Peter had. Um, I mean, it was, um, he, he was the same with everyone, very consistent. Um, and it, it, he just, a a very, very special uh, person. Um, I always like to say that you know there were few great men, certainly you know in in this world in the in the last century, you know you could probably say Churchill and Jonas Salk and and I think you have to put Arnold in that in that uh, uh, grouping as well. Did a lot of good for a lot of people and made a lot of people feel really good about about golf and about themselves.
0: He is Martin Davis. The name of the book: Arnold Palmer. American hero. I am uh, proud to call Martin a friend, and I deeply appreciate you spending this much time talking about talking about this, Martin. Thank you for doing
1: this. And, and I'm 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 very glad to call you one of my my good friends as well. Thanks, John. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity.